Welcome to the Big Data Perspective. We're moving towards a new era in data analytics, and of course, the business intelligence world has been watching avidly. I'm happy to have with us Miko Yuk, CEO of BI Brains and the popular Analytics on Fire community, and the author of Data Visualization for Dummies. She'll be giving us her perspective on what's happening in big data and in BI. I'm Andrew Brust, and this is the Big Data Perspective. Miko, happy to have you here. Hey, Andrew, exciting times. This is where we do. Happy to have you. This is exciting. Awesome. Yeah, I, I, I had the pleasure of, of being a guest on, on a podcast that you host, so I'm happy to have the roles reversed a little bit here. Makes it easier for me, I think. Um, and uh, I've got some questions that are on my mind and just a sneaking suspicion that you've got some strong opinions about them. So if it's okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to launch right into the first one, um, which hovers around this, that uh, – and, and this is something we talked about uh, uh, when, the, when the roles were otherwise, but we've, uh, over the years, we've seen a consolidation between big data analytics and, and, and BI. And I'm wondering where you think this will lead us, and what do you think BI veterans should do to adapt to this new world, to this changing world? So, you know, that's a, I call it the million dollar question, Andrew. That's such a great question. You know, it's interesting. You would think that big data analytics and BI, right, are should be in the same world, but ironically, they're not. And I think that where this is leading to is that the biggest silos that we have right now is BI legacy systems, not calling any vendors, don't to me integrate very well into a lot of the big data technologies. And when I say integrate, I'm not talking about the ability to just connect to Hadoop or NoSQL storages or whatever the new system, the flavor of the month is for big data. I think just integrate as a whole to most importantly provide the output, right? The level of advanced analytics that customers actually need to make sense of their data. So my hope is that these two systems and integrations is something that's going to be on the forefront that will come together easier they'll enable the ability for more companies to take advantage of advanced analytics and then get real-time insights, better performance management metrics. Now, the other part of this is in terms of the people that are doing this, which I know we're going to dig into people probably later on, is I also think that the skill sets that need to handle this also need to evolve to enable this, right? Technology is one end, okay, make the technology speak. But in the people, these two worlds of big data and BI, those two actually need to come together, these two sets of professionals, to realize that they serve a unified purpose to the customer as opposed to really operating kind of these siloed operations. But that's what I want to see. I want to see more integrated systems, easier to handle, not two separate conversations, right? It's not Hadoop versus the data warehouse, right? It's we're working together, we're blending amazing data, both old data, new data is getting faster, better, easier, and we're able to provide better real-time insight. That's what I want to see. Uh, I'm with you there, and I've I've been, and you know this, I've been puzzled by the the kind of segregation between the two communities, because really they're they're looking at the same the same kinds of questions, the same challenges, and uh, ultimately, you know, if BI technology was a little stuck, then big data technology was really a response to that um, to move things forward 
together really and so in general you know keeping them keeping them in in separate little cages just (laughs) doesn't make a lot of sense um along with that you know we're constantly hearing about the promise big data holds and by the way the the sense of deja vu here is immense you know we could we could swap out big data with bi you know going back 15 years ago but we're we're hearing about the promise we're hearing about the potential to increase profits to improve processes even to save lives um so clearly that's kind of hype driven and i'm wondering if we're on the subject of hype you know how you how you explain why the hype is there and what the industry can do maybe to move beyond hype and and start getting really constructive about putting this into into play well first of all andrew i kind of like the hype and i know that sounds very it sounds really weird but let me explain myself i actually like the hype around big data because you know my background and i've brought up many times in our podcast um where i started as a senior research analyst which was an aka data scientist um i took these statistics classes which were aka i guess data science classes and no one actually knew what you did so to be honest with you i like the hype however i think that there is a lot of great opportunity but i think the real issue that we're seeing in the industry in terms of response is that while enterprises may have the money and technology a lot of times you're hearing we're not ready have you heard that before andrew the the famous nr term we're not ready right uh, and, in and some that, sense i feel like i've been hearing that through my whole career but go ahead <laughs> but, but i mean do you agree it's still happening as 2016 even with all this new big data technology absolutely yes right and not ready is not just we're not ready there mean we're not ready from a skill set we're not ready to take action on this data we don't necessarily trust it we don't understand it right not ready is very loaded when it comes to enterprises so i think that even though there's a lot of hype and potential with big data to do amazing things the not ready right and what that defines is really where a lot of companies are today and that's something that really has to evolve you know back in the day the issue was we didn't have the technology we didn't have in memory you had to do indexes you had to do all these schemas and all this craziness to get your data guess what technology is there here's the problem you brought it up mindset people's mindsets are not to me in a in a place today where they're willing to establish and embrace the opportunities that big data brings so i really think it's a it's a couple of different areas but if we could start to unfold what the term not ready means which i've been hearing over and over again when it comes to big data then i think we have some opportunities it's just exciting to see that you know when you talk about big data people get excited it's sexy it's it's you know here's all the things we could figure out before it happens right it's kind of like this crystal ball right this gypsy like i can i can create a universe i can tell you what things need to be and i can tell you how to get there and then you go great let's do it and then it falls apart we're not ready so to be honest with you i just i think it's not big data it's not the hype it's really a mindset issue. All right, well that may segue nicely into another question, but that other question may give me an opportunity to um pursue a little follow up from the one we just covered. So let me get that question out there and and then let's see if I can articulate the follow up. The question the question is that um 
well, the question kind of surrounds the issue of project failure. So according to a survey published by Dimensional Research, although 100% of participants acknowledge that data initiatives are important, the vast majority, and we can quantify that at 88%, have had failed projects. So first of all, you know, what, what do you think is the reason behind these failures? And I kind of feel like you've already, you know, unwittingly spoken to that. What can people do to encourage success? And by the way, let's just look at the premise here, especially as it um, pertains to the readiness that you were talking about. 100% of participants acknowledge that data initiatives are important. To me, that sounds like readiness. But meanwhile, almost all of them have had failed projects. So that seems like a lack of readiness. So what does readiness really mean? What, can, we, can, we get to the, can we get to the heart of this conundrum? So this is a really great question, and I'll get to where I think the solution comes in. But you brought up something before the call that really struck me, and we were giggling, right? You said that, and, I, and I'm giving you credit for this because I think it's powerful. You said that, the idea about big data is it's supposed to be the evolution from BI, right? To fix, we all know BI is stuck, right? And so the idea is that big data was supposed to come in and be the silver bullet. But here we are with big data is 88% failure. BI is 80%, right? We're back to the same <laughs> fundamental problems. Yes, you know? And so it, it just goes to tell you that, and you remember when big data came out and you brought this up and I agree, it was like, this is it. We're going to get away from IT and get away from BI and we're going to get these new systems with no, no SQL. And you remember, you remember that a couple of years ago? I mean, it was exciting. The euphoria was was thick enough to cut with a knife, yes. Right, and, and it was great, and it looked all good, and we removed all the crazy barriers to IT, and here we are again with failures. So, you know, I just, it's a good old saying, right? Same people, same results. I mean, it's, and I know that sounds really bad, but it's a good lesson of you can change the tools, you can throw as much money as you want at it, but unless you change out some of the foundation, maybe it's the people using the tools. I'm very, I'm trying to be nice about this. It's not going to change, right? So I think there's a, a couple of high-level issues that we see, and I'll, I'll kind of break them down before I get to solution mode. Um, things like waterfall and ERP approaches, they don't work my opinion. Um, Kimball, you know, love the guy, great, built data warehouse, but I think, you know, it's data no house right now. Um, Kimball is kind of becoming a bit legacy in itself. I think from a, a BI standpoint, the failures translate over on a people standpoint. I already spoke about that. Um, I think that the challenges remain the same, right? It's that vendor Venn diagram, people process technology. Um, a lot. This is my favorite line, Andrew. We'll do something phenomenal, and we're here. Can I get up to look like Excel? <laughs> it's my That's, favorite. Uh, it's great that you mentioned that because, of course, Datamere's user interface is very much modeled after that of a spreadsheet. So uh, you're you're vindicating us, even if you don't realize it. But I think you're smart. Because what you've done is, even though you've changed the back end, you've kept the front end the same because, as you know, 
what I see, right? When it looks different, that's where fear comes in. Data mirror is very smart, and I'm sure you guys are very successful at doing that. But I use that term, you know, I just want to see my report like Excel, which I actually heard two days ago from one of our customers, just to explain to you where people are at when it comes to data. And I brought up one more thing as well, which is to me the number one issue with these projects, and it's the same thing to me with BI Daughter's other issues, data is subjective. Mm. I look at data, I see purple, you look at data, you see orange, and I can try to convince you it's purple, but you may see a little shade of purple, but you see orange. That issue, I'll be honest, I have no idea how to remedy that. The thought process around that was if we have more data to support it, we'd be sure the answer was correct. But that doesn't solve the human kind of EQ problem, right? What's going on in my brain to make me feel security that this is correct? So I don't want to get too deep into the weeds there in terms of the cognitive processes that are affecting us, right? But I truly feel that there is a whole different element beyond necessarily pe people on the surface and processes that have to do with data. There's these ingrained mentalities around what you need to trust data. And I think that is something that needs to be fleshed out better. What does trust mean? whether it's big data or small data. Well, I mean, it's interesting because uh, to stick with your, with your analogy there, um, even if we saw the same color, you know, we probably have different favorite colors, <laughs> which can probably color, color, no pun intended, <laughs> our interpretation, influence our interpretation of, of, what, of what color we're seeing. And then if I can, tie that back a little to something you were saying before you were kind of alluding to in the, in the BI only era, we had, you know, we had the issue of latency. We had the issue of the waterfall approach that you talked about, which is that, you know, we had to design a perfect star schema, be that for the data warehouse or for the OLAP cube, get everyone to agree with it. And only then could we move forward. And that was, you know, that obviously doesn't work well overall and then where it does work okay it's mostly going to be with a top-down kind of centralized approach you know maybe what typifies big data and NoSQL for that matter is the idea that we can be less formal about that and we can get to the analysis we can cut through the red tape and get to the analysis more quickly without having to obsess over the you know the perfect schema and the perfect way to look at the data so now that that problem solved you know, we did expect that the the success rate of the projects would go would would go up. And yeah. If anything, it's flat or it's gone down a little bit. So it seems like what we're saying is, yeah, technology problems were part of the challenge. But I think what you're saying is that social, or maybe I can say political problems within the organization still have to be still have to be addressed right you still need consensus you still need uh you still need people to have kind of a common goal and purpose and impetus behind a project and if people aren't predisposed to thinking that way then it's hard to get beyond the proof of concepts and the and the skunk works things and 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 get things to get this technology to just be part of the bread and butter of what the business uses to get its job done. Did, first of all, is there, do you agree with that? Or is there a part you disagree with? Yeah. Second of all, like what can we do to 
get there? Because okay. it seems like we've been asking these questions now actually for, you know, 20 years or more. We're getting old here. I'm going to say something very crazy and speaking, Andrew, you know me, I love to dream, right? I'm a data vision chick. I love my creative side of my brain is probably a little bit bigger than analytical side in some sense. I truly feel that we have to get to the Google model. Let me ask you a question. When you go into Google and you type in an inquiry and you get the wrong results, what is, what do you do next? What do I do next? I yes. probably ask the same question a different way. Exactly. But you never assumed that Google was wrong, did you? Did you question their algorithms? Uh, no, I probably questioned my own, my own articulation of what I was searching for. Exactly. BI is the exact opposite. <laughs> mm. Right? And so I ha when, when something goes wrong in BI, what's the first thing that you do? You go... The number is wrong. Call Andrew. Let me see the data, right? Yeah, blame, so, blame the consultant. You're right. And so I feel like BI <laughs> and big data, the happy medium is to get to the Google model where you and you know and you know why? Because again, we trust and we assume we're wrong, not the machine. That's why I think the future of this and where this is going to evolve has to be this machine learning concept. I know we're, I've jumped the gun a little bit, but I truly feel it has to become easier and simpler and data has to teach itself, get smarter on its own and just provide the answers. I think any time we're left up to subjectivity on that level, multiple human beings with different sides, number one, we're never going to get to the truth. That's why BI feel, right? That central, central source of the truth is never really the truth is actually full of opinions and lies right and we're never <laughs> going to get it it's never come on bi is you know it's it's a bunch of lies nobody believes it so in order for us to get there i think we have to eliminate that subjective quotient that's my opinion yeah I, that's I think interesting that's really so i think what you're saying is people take google you know or any search engine really or just the capabilities of it people take its uh we People take it. its validity on authority, and that and yes. nobody's doing that with BI and and probably big data. So but we have to get that. to the point where that technology has the same level of trust and people take it on authority and give it the benefit of the doubt rather than attacking it, you know, on all on all surfaces where doubt may exist. But Andrew, wouldn't that be great? You get a number out of your big data analytic system or your BI system, and instead of questioning it, you assume maybe I didn't ask the question correctly. I mean, I, I hope I'm, I'm alive when that happens. <laughs> I hope so. I hope I am too. Right? Um, yeah, so no, I, that's, I, uh, yeah. I, that's I a nice North good. Star to have. I, I, uh, although I have, to, I have to think through how, how feasible it's going to be to get there, but, but at least we've identified, you've identified a laudable a laudable goal here, um, and that's a lot better than just kind of feeling defeated that there's really, you know, there's no, there's no way out of the, the square we're in to the next one. Um, so if we're talking about that kind of mainstream trust and competency, I'm going to contrast that with something rather at the other extreme, which is the notion that people in order to work with data technology and, and, and sort of get to the point of good results, have to be highly specialized and go through an awful lot of training. So what are your thoughts about um, and around universities 
that are establishing data science and big data courses and indeed majors and areas of concentration. Um, do you think that's a good way for someone interested in the space to get up and running? Or maybe you, maybe you have other ideas given what you, know, you were just articulating. So first of all, the programs have always been there. They've just been in the corner of the science department. Let's be real. Data science used to be called statistics. Do you agree? Uh, I do. I think, I think maybe it was even in the mathematics department. Um, well, not well, necessarily math, just computer math science. science department. Math and science is usually tight, right? So the first yeah. thing is that this whole data science revolution is a great marketing exercise. And, and it's, it's allowed universities to expand a program that has a lot of interest. So I don't think it, I took PhD statistics, sorry, statistics classes back 10 years ago. So I think it's always been there. It's just now it's under a sexier marketing cap that's very attractive to millennials and to employers. You know, it sounds better. That's number one. Um, number two, do I think that university is a great way to go? Absolutely. But I also think that because of the drive in this profession and need for this profession, that there's so much like MOCCs, right? These mega online courses. Um, there's so many books available. There's thought leaders that honestly, if you wanted to get started, there's Coursera. We're, there's so much resources today that you can actually sit down at any level, whether you're in BI or IT or on the business side, and really ramp up on your own. And I can tell you from experience, 10 years ago, that's something that didn't even exist, right? No one actually knew, like when I did this, no one actually knew what SaaS was, right? We talked about it. So I think universities are a great way to go. Getting started on online courses is a good way to go. I also think that just getting your hands dirty is a great way to go. Now, the one thing that I do struggle with however, is that having data science by itself in terms, in terms of like a silo, that skill set by itself to me is a part of the challenge we're having in this industry. You know, and, I, and, I, and this is a little bit touchy because one should ask, well, do you think BI people should go to try to become data scientists or should data scientists go to become BI people? Before I answer and people listen to this, get ready to shoot me, Andrew, I'm going to put you on the spot. Which one do you think is easier? I think I think it's probably easier to get existing practitioners up on on more recent skill sets. Um, if right. we can get them, if we can get them past the psychological block that these new skill sets are so different and that they're not worthy, you know, I think that's a big blocker. I agree. No, and 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 the reason I ask that again is because there's this notion that these companies are just bringing data scientists. I put them in some corner by themselves and somehow they're going to pop out the next model that's going to work and then what ends up happening they have to come over and beg to the same bi well that we do you're not yep. going to get away from our systems you got to come and beg for you know you're one more guy in the line going can i get can i get the module can i get some data you know so at the end of the day it's we all have to feed from the same wells right and so one would question right and this is something i think when you ask me about how this is going to evolve this little skill set gap there has to be that new breed of professional that comes out of these programs. I honestly don't care what resource and programs. What I want people to focus on is that there has to be a new BI hybrid professional who comes into the market or is bred into the market or evolves into the market for what we have today that can handle both sides. That is the missing gap. That's uh, it's easier said than done. 
Um, but uh, but I'm with you. I think. What is it? If I think I that. Well, I think again. I think it's mostly psychology. I think the industry spends a lot of time telling people of a of one technology generation that um, okay. that they're that they're outdated and. I, I think it's going to be a lot more sensible for everybody, and I don't. I don't just mean this in a in a touchy feely way that you should just be nice to people. I think if we want to get past labor shortages and skill set issues and so forth, the constructive way forward is to uplift existing people who are in your organization who already understand the technology context and already understand the business. Basically, they're eighty percent of the way there. Geez, help them get the next twenty percent to pick up to pick up a new skill set and then keep moving, rather than saying, "Well, we have to rip it, replace it, bring in brand new people, and sort of get them all institutionally, you know, uh, uh, acclimated from scratch." I, I just I don't understand that. It just it seems like it seems like a masochist's exercise to do that. Well, I mean, so. I don't understand why we're not treated like how we built the functional layer in BI, right? The functional layer in BI was hybrid due to failure. Remember when it used to be IT, just get requirements, get it from the business. Now, most companies have what we call the functional layer, which is what, which is a super user who came from the business side, who understands the technology well. Scientists and BI need that exact same thing, right? They need to treat if if there's a silo today. I think that they, that the BI team needs to treat the data scientists like a customer and hopefully convert them into a super user to get that middle layer. And then I would hope that the functional aspect right now today in BI has those people kind of coming and inbreeding to take advanced analytics to the next level. Sorry, I have this diagram in my head. I know that sounds a little bit convoluted, but that's what I think needs to happen. They're not over here. They're our customer, and then they become that functional layer for us. They inbreed, take it to the next level, and they can better help us serve the customers. That has to happen soon. Did I confuse uh, you? No, you, you didn't. I mean, it just you're, you're asking, and so am I, by the way, for an awful lot of common sense. And, and unfortunately, we seem to get we seem to get caught up in politics that 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 preempt the common sense from from reigning supreme. I hope. I hope we can have some reform and get past that because ultimately I think we can we can answer we can get answers to the questions if we're asking the right ones. I, sometimes the premise of the questions we're asking seems seems all confused. But, but don't um, you agree that would be the easiest way to inbreed them, Andrew, is to bring the data scientists first as customers to BI teams, then integrate them into the functional layer to make that smarter. So you could say, look, we have BI now, which is the rear view mirror, and then we have the front view mirror, right, predictive PA, which is this, which is this advanced layer, and make them be a part of that delivery mechanism to the customer. It can't be us versus them, Andrew. That's not going to work. Yeah, and by PA, by the way, you mean predictive analytics, right? Yeah, I'm so sorry, sorry. Cliche terms. That, uh, I'm, I'm always the acronym police. Um, although, if you switch it over, then I tend to be the I tend to be the offender. But, um, I yeah, I think what happens is when there's new technology and a new skill set, it engenders it engenders this idea that there there needs to be a new elite of people who focus just on that and. Um, well, I think we've already talked about how destructive that can be. So uh, you're right. The more efficient way about this would be 
would be if people with new skill sets were were embedded and and integrated with existing existing organizations and groups rather than you know saying we're going to start our own country because that that seems to be the cause of a a lot of inefficiency. Um, but it becomes we'll a competitive, right? It's competitive. I mean, we've walked into these companies, and when you ask them what's going on, oh, the CEO just hired three data scientists, and they're over there doing this. So we need to harp and get our predictive tools up here on the BI side so we can provide this on self-service. I mean, it becomes a very, to me, unproductive competition. Uh, totally agree. Um, segues into my last question. <laughs> which begins with a statement that you're very passionate <laughs> about the BI and big data world. That that passion has been quite quite on display in this conversation. But um, uh, if you were to channel that that passion towards uh, prognosticating a little bit, what do you what do you see? What do you foresee happening in BI and big data this coming year in 2017, and then the next? The next several years, and if you feel if you feel really frisky, maybe you could you could even talk about a a full decade from now. But but just uh, as as far into the future as you feel is useful talking about what what do you what do you hope for and what do you expect? Sure, I actually have five bullets, and I, some of them are very selfish, Andrew. Just again because of my background from data science to BI and my frustrations. Sure. Um, I'll start with. The first one, I think on the first level, and I mentioned this, just watching enterprises, I want to see, I want I want to see PA again. I want to see predictive analytics go mainstream. Okay. I don't want it to be a little group in a corner. I don't want it to be these unicorns who are able to embrace it because they're younger, faster, better. I want it to become mainstream. So I see that being something that needs to happen very, very quickly. On a selfish note, I also want the ability to access and use data to be as simple as being able to open up my iPhone and open an app. I don't even want to do single sign-in anymore. I'm tired of that. <laughs> okay? I, I want literally to have my, take my lazy nature around data and it to mm -hmm. be able to conform to my needs rather than me having to do a bunch of work to get it to where I need it to be. I want misogyny of data to disappear. I also want the ability, and, I talk, and if that's access and, and ability to use, I also want data, and this is going to be crazy sounding. I want it to just model itself, Andrew. I just want answers. I said it earlier. I just want answers. And that leads me to my next one where AI needs to take off. Artificial intelligence, to me, has to be and is the answer to a lot of these problems and data failures but the problem is it's been around for a long time, right? You have some good stats from the 1960s, and it's never really taken off. But I truly believe AI and all the facets that come with it, I mentioned machine learning earlier, are truly the future of data where we're only focused on getting answers and let's focus on what it takes to massage that data to try to get the answer that we feel subjectively is correct. We have to eliminate that subjective part of the equation. We have to eliminate, to me, the human manipulation. Sounds completely crazy, but I truly believe that's the only way that they're going to start to see real returns on this stuff. It's interesting to me that the data industry talks about how powerful machine learning is and predictive analytics is and how it's going to change uh, so many things we do and automate so many things, and it, 
it refuses that at the same time we refuse to be introspective around our own challenges and say, hmm, if I have predictive analytics, but I also have, I also have this task of cleansing the data and shaping the data and prepping the data, uh, and that makes me stuck. Like, why haven't we connected those dots and said, okay, let's actually let's actually apply our own technology and our own problems and get the model, get the data to model itself, as you were saying. I, and it's funny you mentioned that because I was thinking about that just yesterday as I was going through a bunch of predictions from from a bunch of industry leaders. They're all they're all talking pie in the sky stuff <laughs> about machine learning, and then they're also they're also talking about the need for data scientists and how and how they spend eighty percent of their time <laughs> wrangling the data. Right. <laughs> and, and 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 without any irony, <laughs> they talk about both of those things together without talking about how one can address the other. So thank you very much for calling that out. Yeah. So, it's but I'm going to push you a little bit. You've talked about what you wish for. What what do you expect we'll have in the next year and five years and maybe ten years out? Um, I expect that there's going to be a lot more data scientists, but to be honest with you, because again, some of this is controversial, I am putting myself on the line here to say I, Miko Yuk, look forward to to a new breed of hybrid professionals for BI. Okay, I'm big data. And I don't know what the professional is name. I didn't want to come on here and start coining a new term, right? But I do want to say that I want kids that are coming out of school to be ready and thinking about advanced analytics the way that we think about an Excel sheet. It needs to be second nature and not something brand spanking new in your job. I think that we need, you know, I remember I made an analogy about like coaching a team, a new coach comes in, you bring in the rookies on the front layer, you have your veterans that maintain that second layer. I definitely think that there does have to be, and this is not a data scientist now, I want to be very clear, this is very separate, a new breed of BI professionals where advanced analytics is the norm. I think that's a start. It's not new. It's not different. It's simply the way that we think. We always think ahead. We always think about modeling and getting smarter. Um, today, to me, these university and programs are not there. So that, to me, is one pivotal part of the equation that's missing, and it doesn't exist today, in my opinion. And that has to happen, and I feel that that's going to happen soon. So that's a that's a great note to close on. I think is that you're saying we shouldn't we shouldn't fetishize the technology as its own specialization, but what we do need is to have a kind of widespread literacy around it. Just just as we do have, now have that literacy around spreadsheets that, of course, you know didn't didn't really exist in the in the 70s and early 80s. We got that to be. We got that to be mainstream. We got that to be ubiquitous, and it sounds like what you're saying is we need to we need to have that same ubiquity um, and readiness and literacy with 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 analytics. And um, I think I think that's a great that's a great spot to kind of end on. Although I wish we could we could kind of continue for another hour or two. We're gonna we're gonna have to uh, uh, conclude there, but. Um, it, it's always it's always good to leave your host wanting more, and I, I hope we've we've left the audience wanting more. If we have, that's a that's a sign we've done our job well. So, um, Miko, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure. No, this was fun, and obviously we could go on and on, but this is great. And Andrew, I hope we have a follow up sometime next year again to see where the industry actually is, because I'm trying to tell you, if we're still talking about big data and hype, me and you need to find a different day job. <laughs> 
Excellent. All right. Thanks again for coming. All right. Thank you, Andrew. Awesome.